Live from the Church of Glam Studios in the epicenter of Hillcrest, San Diego, this is GGTV. Sponsored by Absolute, Cornitos, Vita, 180 Degree Fitness, CheekyVimto.com, Pleasures and Treasurers, Leather Love, Inner Balance Chiropractic, Shakespeare's Corner Shop and Afternoon Tea. Now, let's get to it. Glitz Glam. Work it, mama. <sighs> it's Sunday, February 5th, 2023, and we're live from the main stage of the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar & Grill. It's the podcast everyone is talking about. Today, live in studio, nightclub legend, owner of Rich's San Diego, Ryan Bedrosian. Now a global drag superstar from RuPaul's Drag Race, Rock M. Sakura. And all hail the most powerful man in the city, the mayor of San Diego. He's one of us. Mayor Todd Gloria is in the house. So let's get started. Live from the Church of Clam Studios in the epicenter of Hillcrest, this is GGTV Podcast. Welcome to GGTV, honey. We have an incredible show for you today. Um, we are chock full of guests, so we are going to plow through just like we did the other night at um, Club San Diego for Communion. I'm sure there was some plowing happening. <laughs> We're going to plow through three segments today, um, starting off with our local entertainment and um, Hillcrest drama with my uh, girl, Jasmine Glam, here. Hello, everyone. Hey. We got Ariana Grinder over here. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and we have my man, Khalil Blue. What up, y'all? How you doing? This is just the first segment, guys. We have such an amazing day today. Just the tip. Just the tip, honey. I hope you're ready girl, for the girl. shaft all the way down to the balls. <laughs> and we are now, you guys, we are now live stream video, too, so you can see us. The people can see us. The, the, the people can see us. We outside. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From the main stage here at Urban Mo's. Yes. Well, you'll be able to see us in a second. I think he needs to turn it on. Come on, camera. <laughs> um, later on, we have um, from Drag Race, the one and only Rock'em Sakra. Rock'em Sakra. Uh, I hope I pronounced that um, correct, Rock. Um, she'll correct us later. Please. If not. <laughs> Last night, we had an amazing AAPI um, show here at Urban Mo's, the Bunny Bash. Uh, Jayla put it on. Uh, Rock was one of our guests, and she killed it last night. So super she excited to have her today. Uh, very creative, very artistic, very colorful. It's what I like. We also have uh, the amazing, I call him a nightlife titan here in Hillcrest. Uh, Ryan Bedrosian will be joining us. Beautiful. Yes. And um, we're all going to get down to the nitty gritty with him. We're going to find out whether he is a top or a bottom. Okay, all I want to know is if I can have a race. <laughs> 
this isn't about you, Jazzy. <laughs> Look, I second that. <laughs> and of course, um, we have my co-host and political correspondent, Miss Chad Michaels, will be here. Icon. The icon, honey. She's on her way now through the underground tunnels of San Diego, kind of <laughs> like Cher does in Las Vegas. Yes. Right, right. And um, the cherry on our GGTV Sunday is our mayor, our, our our gay mayor, gamer, if you will, uh, Todd Gloria will be in the house as well. Because we have, I want to, I want to talk to Todd. I, I have questions and I have concerns. Yes, <laughs> but I love me some Todd. I yeah, love we love, Todd. we love, we love, we love. So uh, before, I mean, so now you know it's gonna happen. So buckle up, get in. Thank you, Kurt. We have Kurt out here in our live studio audience, taking care of the peoples. And uh, it's going to be good. And then after today, we have, of course, the Church of Glam event where Rock will be performing as well as Ariel Stacks. And, oh, girl, Judas Jo Manson is in the house as well. She's going to serve us some Lady Gaga. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Okay. So now down to the nitty gritty. Um, first, we're going to start out. Let's, I think we have a little drop. Come on, word wizard. Take it away. <laughs> that's you. That's your job, baby. Live for that. Our word wisdom. Fuck the red pill. I'm here for the Khalil blue pill. Mm. Yes, let me get you high. Yes, baby. Khalil blue in the house. Khalil, um, it is Black History Month. It is indeed. It I, is indeed. I, I feel like, though, that why is it just February, number one? Number two, the shortest fucking month of the year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And number three, black history is American history. So oh, say that again for the people in the back. Black history is American history, honey. So I believe, I, I believe we should be celebrating black people, brown people, white people, all people, all year round. 100%. Like, you know? 100%. <laughs> so, you know, uh, what, what, are some things, uh, what are some things that we can do to celebrate Black History Month, because I know sometimes, like, you know, posting just a little thing here and there doesn't quite feel right, you know, uh, what's a good way to express ourselves? Well, I think that, first of all, shout out to all the black people listening, black people in the building, we love that, happy Black History Month. Um, I think that, like you said, black history is American history, and I think that, like, change and our growth in our continuing to hold space to celebrate all people begins with understanding that piece and that I think that we separate it or we like to pull it out as if um, as if it has nothing to do with America um, we like to sever the parts that are not so great or you know so um, that we don't like to highlight so much about our relationship with black people in this country but I think that also um, today and remaining um, black people are our core contributors to what it means to be America and everything that we live and love as American values are also black values and also um, contain black contributions so to separate the two as if they, they don't belong together or they're, they're not naturally one um, is a little ridiculous to me um, and I think that for black history celebrating that I think we lean into that a little fully um, I think February is the, the one time, the one designated time of year where we get to celebrate blackness out loud. Um, but I think this month, for me at least, is about planting the kind of seeds that create you know, joy and belonging and accessibility for black people all year round. So if we, if we cultivate that, if this is the year that we're gardening, how are we maintenancing that you know, in March and beyond? Um, because black people are going to be here 
the full 365, baby. Yeah. So and I just then, want you to know that. <laughs> going nowhere, honey. Going nowhere. nowhere. So um, I, I think it's really wonderful to just... Um, make posts and, and talk about inspirational and, and pivotal moments in Absolutely. history and the people that were there. Is, is there anyone you would like to, you know, any any story you'd like to share with us? Ooh, any story? Ins- who inspires you? Um, inspiring me, you know, I history is a beautiful thing and I love looking back and all the greats, you know, I, I brought Malcolm in the room with me today. <laughs> um, so I can, I, I can definitely highlight all of the things that, um, that Malcolm represented, all the things that he sowed into the world and, and made space for us to show up today. But for me, black history really lives in emergence. I get excited about, about the thriving black folks of today. I think all of the beautiful black queers that are living, the people I experience every day, you know, I see black excellence every time I'm walking down the street and that excites me. I get, I get um, really, really happy to see black people and all people really living a lot fuller, a lot more authentic, a lot louder, a lot prouder. Um, and, and so I, I, really, I really lean into that and encourage more of that, more visibility of that, more spaces like these that hold space to honor all of the beautiful black contributions that, that make up, you know, even this specific Hillcrest community and beyond. I think uh, we got to pay attention to what's around us. Um, yeah. We always look back and look forward and we're not always so present to what's right now. And right now, blackness is thriving. Black people yes, are popping. <laughs> we popping. And we should, we should celebrate that. If there's a black person around you, give them a high five today. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that brings you joy. Which joy. I, joy. Yes. And I think that's our, is that our special word of the day? Today? Absolutely. Yes. I got words for you. So I brought, um, today I've really, really been sitting with the word joy and all that it means to generate and preserve joy for ourselves right now. Um, I'm really, really, really passionate about, about wellness and about mental health and all the things. And I think that joy is such an essential part of what it means to practice wellness, what it means to practice things, um, that, that keep people here, especially, um, and when we're talking about you know things like Black History Month, we can't look at the fact that not not everybody has access to that joy and belonging all of the time, right? But the truth about joy is that when we are born as humans, all of us are hardwired for for joy, belonging, and and self-preservation. Right? So one of the core things it means to be human is to be joyous. And somewhere along our experience, joy gets disrupted for us. You know, we learn that we're too loud, we're too big, we're too much of something, and simultaneously not enough. And we we replace our joy with shame, and we stop practicing that part of us that is a natural resource for joy. Um, so when I when I think about it, um, it really looks like looking in, looking at self, and, and remembering your own history, that part of you, that little kid in you that once upon a time only knew joy and imagination before somebody taught you that the thing that you did well was wrong. Mm. And, and how do we practice reigniting that joy within ourselves by just doing the thing that you do, the thing that makes you smile, the thing that, that's happy. I, I was stressed out the other day. And when I was a kid, I used to love jumping around the couch all the time. I used to get my ass whooped for it every day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, I just had this thought when I, like, I needed to get away from the, the um, laptop for a second and just like do a little backflip over the couch. And the way that it made me laugh, the way that it just shifted my entire mood, the way that it like re-energized me to get the rest of my tasks done for the day reminded me like, 
that joy that I'm always seeking eternally, that joy that I'm always like thinking is too big and unattainable for me, it like literally just lives in my body. It's and, right there. <laughs> all I gotta do is tap on it, touch yeah. on it, call it to the surface. Um, and it's there for me to share for myself and for others. Um, so a joy is, is the offering that I'm bringing into the space. Um, I'm a, a big fan of acronyms. Um, I work in nonprofits, so I kind of have to be. <laughs> but um, I also think acronym like is sort of an identity. Anybody in this world who has had to make definition for themselves or make meaning is an acronym. And so I like to create um, them in all like areas of my life to remind myself for what things mean to me and how do I how do I access it when I need it. So for joy today, I offer you the acronym, just open yourself, right? Joy. Just remember that part of you that is the natural source of joy. Whatever that small thing in you that makes you laugh, that thing you think is stupid, that thing you think is corny, the thing that, that you maybe hide from other people um, because it's so precious to you. Remember, just open yourself to what becomes possible when you prioritize your own joy, when you share that part of you for yourself and others. And I think that there is a lot more joy to be seen and to be held and to be obtained in the world than we give credit for. Um, so I wanted to bring that into space for this, for black people, for all people, understanding that joy is our unifier, right? Joy is our birthright. Joy is the thing that we exist in um, without task. We don't have to work hard at it. It's there. All you got to do is look at it. So, joy, baby. Let the joy in, baby. Let it in. Let it in. So, where can people see you this week or coming up? Do you have any gigs? That, yeah, you know, no. I'm out, I'm, I'm out here in these streets. I'm actually going to be speaking um, at something called the Birth of Brilliance Conference um, that is happening at the end of this month. So, I'm working on that. My band and I are going to be performing and doing the keynote. That's happening in North Park, um, February 24th and 25th. So, I'll be doing that. Um, my organization is also doing a mental health and love social. So we'll be holding space for like art and poetry and conversations uh, for Valentine's Day about what it means uh, for people to practice love for yourself and others um, and how we how we generate that in creative queer space. So you can follow me on Instagram at KBlue, that is K-B-L-E-U-X, to figure out where I'm going to be in these streets. I love it. And I am excited to be doing a Sessions podcast with you. Yes. At the, the end people. of this month, um, you know, we're going to talk about maybe some uncomfortable conversations. My favorite kind. <laughs> My favorite kind of conversations are uncomfortable. Absolutely. And and we're going to dive in and that's going to be amazing. I'm excited uh, so about it. Stay tuned for that. I yes. can't wait to sit down with you just one-on-one -on -one and and talk. I got I got things to say. Yeah, and we know so do I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always love having you here, Khalil, and Thank I look you. forward to later. I know we um, asked you to maybe put together a little something um, in celebration of Black History Month to share um, for Church of Glam a little later. Oh, so. yeah, I'm going to bring the black joy in the building, baby. I'm That's here. right, I'm baby. That. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to move on over to our next, the diva on my right. Mm. <laughs> Jasmine Glam. She's spilling the tea in more ways than one. Our special blended teas are exclusively created and supplied by Shakespeare's Corner Shop and Afternoon Tea in Mission Hills, San Diego. Thanks, Selena. Now, that's a mouthful. Spill it, Jasmine Glam. She's not just AbFab, she's AFAB. You lost. Hi, my little AFAB queen. Uh, that, it, it just kind of rhymed with um, AFAB, fabulous. I, it, 
it works. Yeah, yeah. It I works. mean, th- out of all the words that I'm called, that's probably the one I prefer the most. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are fabulous, and you are AFAB, so, and we can't wait for you to bring an AFAB show to Hillcrest. Yeah, We're working I, on I, it. I saw, I saw there, the, you know, they have the black girl magic, the trans girl magic, and I was like, I need, I, I mean, I guess I'll do a one-woman show and just do, like, AFAB girl magic. AFAB no, magic. there's other girls in town, too. There are, there are. Yeah. We have a few, we have a few. Um, so... What's going on in town? What do you have to recap for us All today? Right. So we're going to recap a little bit on Gossip Girl, which was our venue of the month. I love Gossip Girl. Yeah, Gossip is great. Well, first of all, let me talk about the my favorite thing about Gossip is their arugula salad. But mm. I don't say it like that. I would say arugula. And does it come to you when you say it like that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's arugula salad with some chicken in it. It's, mm. it's great. But um, so we did want to highlight Gossip as it's one of the only, uh, actually out of 21 uh, women, 21 women-based bars um, in the United States. They're, it's, they're one of the 21. Wow, that is such a, a stark difference. There's probably a, a, a thousands of gay bars, but just a few yeah. spaces for women. Yeah, and in the, I guess in the 1980s, there was about 200 in the U.S., and now there's only those 21. Mm. Yeah, that word that I like women identifying to. Uh, gossip does not like to be called... A lesbian bar. Right, that's correct. And why is that? Why, why, why the differentiation? Well, that's because it, you know it's it's a woman's bar, and it, you know it, that falls under such a, a vast umbrella. So it's you know there's non-binary, you know non-binary people, there's trans women, there's pansexual women. So it, everything's not just lesbian based. Right. So yeah. straight women are welcome. Yeah. All women are welcome. Right. Absolutely, and, and shout out to Mo, um, who has just done such an amazing job with the space, mm-hmm. and to Darcy, her general manager. They, I love going into uh, Gossip Girl. I always have a good time there, and that Froze is my fave. Yeah, the Froze. Oh. Mm. If you mix it with the Black Frozen or the the, the, the Black, Black Owl, yes, mm. it's they call it the the Black Rose. It's oh. Amazing. Oh. It sounds delicious. Mm. And what shows did you hit this week, this month? Um, I, I mean, I was I was in a few. You were in a few. That's yeah. right. You had your birthday. I did. I you did. did. I had my birthday on the second. And we had you as a special guest for Dream Girls. Yes, it was great. I had such a great time. I had such a great time with Jasmine Masters, and I'm so grateful to be able to have done that show. Like, it's so cool to watch something week after week, and then be able to be part of that. Like. It's just there's no show in San Diego like Dream Girls, and it's just like the the polish and the professionalism and everything. Like, I mean, I, I don't know why you guys let me do it, but I wasn't gonna say no. <laughs> well, I mean, you kept asking, so we had to get it. <laughs> that's that's also very true. Just Gigi, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chad did tell her one day if you don't open your mouth, you're not gonna get fed. Yeah, yeah, it's so. the, and that's the thing. I and that's the one thing about me. I'm always gonna ask, and mm. you know, even if the answers the the, the, the answers always no if you don't ask. That you're absolutely correct in that, yeah. that part. I mean, oh, there's a difference though. I'm I will ask, but I won't beg. <laughs> you taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. You looked beautiful. Thank you. It was such a great show. I'm I'm blessed and grateful that each and every week I get to work with such amazing mm-hmm. entertainers. So yeah. congratulations on popping your dream girl stage. I know. Cherry. Well, we did it with well, the house. We had our own takeover. But it, it was different though. Like it was like different. working with like the house, like working in the house of glam, like we're just all back they're just kicking and right. just, like it's just so like easy so being like back there with like other uh, entertainers that you're not like we're just so hateful back there but you have to be nice with them <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a love hate kind yeah. of thing you know that's what the- I say to Miriam I was like we have a love hate relationship I love you and you hate me <laughs> 
true. <laughs> but I love that. You do have a couple things. I have a I have a little a little fun game. Okay. Games. Games. <laughs> we had a drop for that. I don't know if it went in there, but I'm just gonna drop it now. I have a question for you. If you were okay. if you were stuck on a desert island uh-huh. and you had to choose between hot Cheetos or pickles. Oh, really, Gigi? What you have to pick one. Um, I would say okay, look at this listen to me. I would say hot Cheetos just because you could probably grow pickles, right? You can <laughs> I love grow her. you right? <laughs> You can't grow hot Cheetos. There's not She's a hot like, Cheeto I'm tree. Both. You can't grow so, Cheetos. So, I so I, like, I, you would find like you know like little like cucumber seeds and like pickle them yourselves, right? Be resourceful. On a desert island, exactly. I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can't, but you can grow hot Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hot Cheetos, it is. <laughs> Where can? Hey, girl. Hey, it's time for some quick fire questions from a queer. The queer is me. Oh, okay. I was, I was confused which one it was. <laughs> so, so quick fire questions. I had a couple for you. Okay, oh here my we gosh, go. Hold on. This, okay. I hope this doesn't get So you had your stuck on a desert island. Stuck on a desert island. Okay, this was a good one that came across Facebook this week, and I'm going to put it out to everybody today. All okay. right. The red pill makes you six years old with all of your current knowledge, or the blue pill gives you $20 million today. What would pill. you pick? Why would you? You didn't even think pill. about it. Wow. Why would you want to be six years old? With all of the knowledge that you have now, <laughs> you're still gonna mess up your life. You have. <laughs> I don't Facts. care. Facts. Just six and overwhelmed as fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, if I, if I, I knew everything, if I knew everything I knew now at six years old, like I don't, I don't not want to be any old. I don't want to make it to twenty one. Like. <laughs> Yeah, okay. All right. I see that. Yeah. Khalil. Yeah. Oh, I'm red pill or blue pill? Definitely taking a blue pill, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the coins. Right. Blue pill. Blue pill. <sighs> I'm still stuck on it. Like, I feel really? like I could be like a child genius. I could like finish high school at 10. Why I do you need to finish like, high school if you already have how much money? Right. Well, no, I didn't. I wouldn't have. You don't need to finish Girl, high school. Let's be honest. $10 million does not get you as far today as you might think. If you days. spend it right. If you use your Yes, carefully. you yeah. can invest it. Yes, yeah. you can invest it. I thought it was 20. Uh, $20 million. Oh, yeah. Did you see a different post than I did maybe? <laughs> okay. These are going to be fast ones. Madonna or Cher? Cher. Nikki or Cardi? Cardi. Barbara or Bette? Bay or Rihanna? Rihanna. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Okay. Now we know a little bit more about... We know... Oh, Miss Thang. Who's your celebrity crush? That's a good one. Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, it's Jesse McCartney. I knew you were going to say that. Jesse McCartney. And, well, I will say Elvis, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Jesse McCartney. But I also got Jesse McCartney's autograph tattooed on my arm. Your live, live studio audience. Here you go. You're yeah. you're slightly stalkerish. <laughs> so you have Jesse McCarthy's Jesse McCartney. McCartney. From, yeah. His, on one arm, and you then know you who have that is? my eye on the other arm. Oh, and also have, oh yeah. Also, Gigi was one of my celebrity crushes. I also have Gigi's eye tattooed on my arm too. That was a you know that was a surprise for me. Yeah. It was on my birthday, and she came up to me and she goes, "Look what I did." Oh, yeah. I, I, I was just trying to make sure you don't ever kick me out of the house. <laughs> We're gonna have to rip that Secure arm off. Your spot, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Khalil, first celebrity crush. Weird. Actually, it was uh, Topanga from Boy Meets World. (laughs) Danielle Fisher. I I loved her. I was obsessed with her uh, for a while. And then I I learned the magic of boys, and it was the Black Ranger uh, Mm. from Power Rangers. You like that suit, that Mighty Morphin Ranger suit. Very much. She went from uh, Topanga to Corey, huh? Right, right. (laughs) We learned. You know, you live and you learn. Miss Ariana. 
John Stamos. Uh, Literally, really? Full House was your ever- jam. Girls. Girl, do you still follow the Olsen twins? I love them. Their empire is crazy. It is insane. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, yes. Yeah, they spent their money right. <laughs> they invested uh-huh. in the they right did. thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They, they don't the do anything. Pill. They, just, they, yep. they did. <laughs> <laughs> my, my first crush was Aquaman. <laughs> it was oh, a cartoon. Uh, yes. I don't know. Hey. Aquaman was the one. Yeah, yeah. And I did have a thing for Whitney for a while. Did he make you wet? I loved Whitney Houston. <laughs> I, I, I just I fell in love with her. Uh, she was a you know, she doesn't get enough credit for her sex symbolism. Oh, <laughs> Whitney was giving gorgeous. it to the people back in the day. Talking TikTok with Ariana Grinder. Ah. Hi. Hey, TikTok queen. It's time to talk TikTok. Talking TikTok with Ariana Grinder. <laughs> Ariana. Tell Hello. us what's going on in TikTok land. Mm. Girl, there's a bunch of drama slash fun drama. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So, the real friends of WeHo. Mm-hmm. Everyone is talking about the real friends of WeHo. Uh, talking about not watching it. Exactly. Yeah. Because they cut RuPaul's Drag Race. Girl, they they thought they would... Sni- Who produces it anyway? Is it WoW or is it... MTV no, it's MTV, I think. MTV. Now. Yeah. So they just yeah. wanted to slide that in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Girl. Bad call. Bad call. Yeah. I was wondering if the episode was shorter, if I was just crazy. No, you ain't crazy. They shorted the episode for that other show. Somebody made the comment the other day that the gay reality show that we all want to really watch is those four old gays. Yes. Oh, like, I gosh. love that. And they were on the last episode. <laughs> yes, they were. Yes. I would watch that reality show of those four oh, old queens. 1,000%. percent would be hysterical. On TikTok, there's literally a bunch of people that are literally like, I'm going to watch this show so you don't have to. And they give you all the tea. But also... A lot of the cast are on TikTok and they're like, oh, well, if you didn't watch it, you don't like, you're just not supportive of the community. I was like, no, it's, you don't even know each other. Like, what? Right. I saw somebody who had posted, um, it says like the real friends of WeHo and they're like, how are they the real friends of WeHo and they don't have a real promo photo together? Exactly. Like, oh, exactly. They yeah. never right. met each other. <laughs> Especially because of Todrick. Like he literally like put his foot in his mouth this time. He doubled down, girl. Mm-hmm. He did. He wrote this long letter yeah. to the community and t- basically read us to filth. And, girl, I don't think that helped the situation. No one can believe him because he's a liar. Ooh. And he doesn't pay his mortgage again. Ooh. Allegedly. Allegedly, right. Allegedly. I was a little out of the loop with the letter, say. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't read the letter either. I read I it either. all. I just saw it. That's what it was given. <laughs> it was given scroll past. I read the whole thing, but they, um, they, he basically was like, you know, you all should be supporting having uh, any kind of programming on television that highlights the LGBTQ uh, community and that, you know, you all are bitchy, whining, bitching and whining. And and any most kind of the cast is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. No, literally, most of the cast are saying, like, if you didn't watch this, you're blah, 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 blah. Like, no one wanted this. No. Because it's not real. It's not real. We want authentic. The we real want- friends are we ho. But it's like, <laughs> it's so it's so tone deaf because, like, it completely discredits the fact that the queer community has been generating spaces for their own visibility from the beginning. And the way in which... RuPaul has already created mainstream platforms. Like, we're not in a space of just settling for anything. We're not right, starving right. for visibility exactly. right now. That. So the people who are, we're not here for Todrick on the plate. Like, like, right. Skip that. I mean, I like the the one judge from Canada's Drag Race, Brad Gr- 
Goreski. Yes. Yep, that one. Like, he's cool on Drag Race, but, like, no. No. It's not it. Didn't do it for you. On Drag Race. Time and place, baby. On Drag Race. Didn't do it for you. Exactly. So, another TikTok drama. The mascara scandal. What is that about? Okay. So, I think it's so silly, but I get it. So, this TikToker named Michaela, she has, like, 10, 20, 30 million followers or something like that. She reviewed a mascara from L'Oreal that apparently gives you like this full like it looks like fake lashes, right? TikTok called her out because she was wearing fake eyelashes <laughs> after the end video. And so every TikToker was like, um, no. <clears throat> Jeffree Star got involved. Oh. He took a break and he got back on to it was it broke the internet almost. Not bringing the girls out of retirement. Girl- <laughs> She's in her yak ranch in Wyoming. Like she's like she's like I gotta review this. She's like but, I'm making yak lashes. Literally, literally. Yes, gay outrage. <laughs> but no, it's so crazy because like I mean I get it. Like okay, don't profit from like lying to people. But also that's America. That is America. I mean and, any L'Oreal commercial you see, any beauty commercial you see that girl, highlights mascara, those are fa- false lashes. Sure. I'm sorry. Garnier Fruitis, this is me. Um, no, <laughs> those are extensions. <laughs> These ex- right, exactly. <laughs> like, okay, like I get it, right? And so like, what's funny is, is she came out with a video a week later and she was like, I know we're all talking about this. Blah, 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 blah. It's Valentine's Day coming up. So she didn't oh, even acknowledge wow. it. She was people love it. People like hate bait. it. It's like, okay, it's controversy, but hey, who doesn't love a good controversy? Mm. The idea is to stay trending. <laughs> that part. I try to if stay you're relevant, you're relevant, right? That's right. That's that's it. They want to be talked about, whether it's good or bad. Famous or infamous. She's relevant. That's my life. We're talking about her. I, I think that's how the Kardashians are still here, because people thrive on, on the drama, and Kim knows how to push the buttons. Can we talk so, about Kim for a second? Lover or hater, she knows yeah. how to push your button. Mm-hmm. Talk. Tell me a little bit about Kim real quick. We so, Oh, this is a a scandal as well on TikTok. Okay. This new drug that's prescribed for type 2 diabetes, all the celebrities are taking it, especially Kim, because everyone is getting thinner. Uh, Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Not like they were all about the BBLs and like getting all like, you know, the goops, and now they're all skin. Getting sucked in. Mm hmm. They're removing them. Oh, they're removing ribs? <laughs> Definitely the, the ribs. <laughs> they're removing the BBLs. The BBLs yeah. are yes, over now. It's over now, and they're all super thin now. Well, that's good because BBLs are incredibly dangerous and have a high rate of death associated with them. Is For sure. I didn't know that. Well, much. they're oh. taking um, fat from your gut area and they're shoving it in your ass, and there could be like you know that's very close to your your intestines and 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 stuff like that yeah. that you don't want to inject. And if it gets into your bloodstream, it's not good. Yeah. So I am glad the BBLs are over. Yes. That's I'm just doing my lip filler. Trends. That's it. <laughs> my lip filler and a little bit of filler in my I'll, face. I'll stick to it. my foam pads. <laughs> With just that, give me the blue pill. <laughs> girl, right? <laughs> give me the blue pill and give me an island off the uh, Turks and Caicos. Okay. okay. Uh, so to, to wrap up this segment, we have to announce our baby queen of the month. Jazzy. Yes, yes. So, well, first, we want to say congratulations to Foxy Jones. Foxy yes, Jones. And she's in the audience right yeah. now. She was our January Baby Queen of the Month. Congrats, Foxy. I love her. She She's so experimental with her drag, and she's not afraid to do it. And that's what I love about your drag, girl. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yes. We love seeing you, and I want to see more of you. So, coming up in February. All right. So, for February, we have selected, drumroll... 
for our baby queen of the month will be UFO. That stands yeah. for Unidentified Femme Object. You guys know UFO? Yes. Oh, I love her. Oh my gosh. Love, her love, love. looks are just so sickening. She's new, very, very green to performing. She's only performed maybe a handful of times, but I mean, I can't wait to see what she does. Her looks, like every single Sunday when she showed for stunt, like, it just, they're just so out of the box. I mean, I think she also did a box look one time. So, she's like, so out of the box. Like, and she won the Halloween one night, the Halloween with her box. Like, yeah. She I looks so amazing. And she's so sweet. Yeah. I love it. Well, hopefully she'll stop by next month and mm-hmm. we'll see her. Shout out. Thank you so much, guys, for this first um, segment of GGTV today. Um, we're going to do a little musical chairs now and switch over and get ready for segment number two. Now it's time to play musical chairs. Move, bitches. <laughs> a legendary drag queen with a vision to bring unity and community to San Diego. Bringing LGBTQ businesses together. Outreach to those in need. And most of all, uniting us as one. It's time we came together. Gay, bisexual, transgender, lesbian, queer, fluid, non-binary, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Latino, all the colors of the rainbow, Republican, Democrat, all religions, beliefs, and views. We are one community. And here, you matter. Love is love. And unity is power. Live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. Hillcrest, San Diego. From the Church of Glam Studios. This is GGTV Live. <sighs> it's Sunday, February 5th, 2023. And we're live from the main stage of the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. It's the podcast everyone is talking about. Today, live in studio... Nightclub legend, owner of Riches San Diego, Ryan Bedrosian. Now a global drag superstar from RuPaul's Drag Race, Rock M. Sakura. And all hail the most powerful man in the city, the mayor of San Diego. He's one of us. Mayor Todd Gloria is in the house. So let's get started. Live from the Church of Clam Studios in the epicenter of Hillcrest, this is GGTV Podcast. We thought that was an appropriate kind of intro to have him in the building. I, I can't see past these lights. Is he here? Do we have him here? I don't Shh. think so. She's on the way, you know. The security detail has the, not arrived the yet. Detail, the detail, the <laughs> detail. We also have my co-host next to me right here, the one and only Chad Michaels. Hi, y'all. <laughs> Girl, you look so um, studious today. I look very studious. and Adam told me I look like Kimberly Hunt from... <laughs> <laughs> Channel 10 News. I, I love it. I love it. You know, I heard um, I heard that, well, they told me that there was a certain anchor woman in San Diego with blonde hair that has a full S&M dungeon set up in her house. Well, and I'm wondering if it's Kimberly because I feel like she could be a kinky girl. She could be. I mean, she. you know what? She loves to show off the twins when the she's twins out. The twins always look sure. good. They do. They do. Chad Michaels is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Oh. 
It took me five times to get that uh, right? Was and that you? That was me, That's yeah. really good. I'm That's a good job. That's your Lorraine. Chad Michaels is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Oh. <laughs> it was more Lorraine than Cher, I but I, I tried. I, like, I thought it was Lorraine. <laughs> I, you're I, presenting as Lorraine. <laughs> I'm presenting as Lorraine. I don't mind. I love Lorraine. I think she's got it going on. She don't give a shit. Absolutely. <laughs> she don't give a shit. All right. Well, we're going to get down to business now. Um, we're going to start with, ooh, who are we going to start with? Let's start with Rock. Rock. And is it rock? So I hear it two different ways. Uh-huh. Rock'em Sakura uh-huh. and Rock'em Sakura. Uh, it's, so the way it's pronounced is Rock'em Sakura. And okay. One of my favorite things about... Oh, okay. Well, one of my favorite things about my name... So it's Rock'em Sakura, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite things about my name is I use it um, whenever I have a white host for oh. a show and they're introducing me. I can tell how like how well they want to like say my name right if they actually say it. So I'll be like, it's Sakura, it's Sakura. And sometimes they'll they'll introduce me, they'll be like, coming up to the stage, rock. Rock. Or they'll be like, <laughs> Rock'em Shakira. Rock'em Shakira. <laughs> Let's get ready to rock with RuPaul's Drag Race superstar, Rock'em Sakura. <laughs> Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I'm going to take that with me wherever I go. For those of you just joining us right now, if you're not watching the live stream, I currently have the mayor in a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he is. He's under the table. And he's currently in awe at this seven foot five woman with massive, massive giantess strength. So, <laughs> Rocky, you were with us last night for the um, Bunny Bash. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Girl, you are an amazing performer, but on top of being an amazing performer, you have such amazing stage and mic presence. Like, I, I hadn't seen that side of you yet. You know, we only get to see a little glimpse of you on the show, but it was, you were our fucking funny bitch. Thank you so much. You I'm really only funny during, like, Lunar New Year or <laughs> AAPI Heritage Month. It's, is this close enough? Is that good? Yeah, I'm, we go. I'm really only funny when it's, like, the Asian holidays. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Or if I take off my shoes or I wear a kimono, that like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You were good, girl. You worked that crowd last night. You, um, I think you took most of the, the money from everyone in yeah, the very beginning. That absolutely. was smart. That was smart. Uh, I will weaponize white guilt. That is, she did. She, yeah. If you that is in my arsenal. Yeah. She, I always bring white liner and I bring white guilt with me too. She so. said if you didn't tip her, you were racist. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I took names. She did. She did. Absolutely. I put them on a list. <laughs> and she's teching it twice. Mm. And, um, okay, on my other side over here, we have um, Nightlife Titan, as I like to refer to him. We have Ryan Bedrosi. What do you get when you cross a twink and a hunk? Well, he's right here. Give it up for Ryan Bedrosian. Uh, that's funny. Creamy filling and all. Oh. I'm still working on my timing with drops, as you can see. <laughs> but we had to get something special I, in there I, for I like you. It, I like it. And and I'm and thank you so much for being here in um, before noon. Yeah, um, I know. I, I know. It's got to be hard running that uh, mega club and getting up early in the morning. Well, listen, I don't have to stay as late as I used to anymore. Oh. So, yeah. You've got the right hand men right. and women. Yes, well, yes. The women. You have women. Women. Yes. Strong black women. Strong too. black women. The, yes. Those are the best ones, honey. They'll 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 keep you right. 
they'll give you love when you need it and they'll give you what you need to know when you need it. Oh, absolutely. I love that there's like a certain thing where Leonella says, um, you know you're in trouble if she says, let me holla at you yeah. opposed to let me talk to you. <laughs> right. Is that how it goes? That's how it goes. That's how it goes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I have both of you in here today, so my head's a little spinning, but... Um, are you talked today too, Ryan? Is everyone at this table talked? Is that the thing? Or it's a light You know, I could run it back real quick and tuck if we just need to. Just smush yeah, it in just, there. It's fine, yeah. That would be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tuck anymore because I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. Just I don't. don't. I keep the beard and and you know whatever kibble. We know bits what's down, down there. there. It's you don't there. need to hide it. It's there. It's there. Um, we're gonna do um, a little a little game right now. Oh, fun! Yeah, a little game, a little icebreaker. Yeah, I have some questions. Let me pull them up real quick on my phone. I will start with Rock. Craziest rumor about you. Um, I really don't know what kind of rumors are crazy about me because everything people have said are true. <laughs> because I'm a public sex maniac. Oh. Um, I am a Trixie Mattel impersonator. <laughs> I don't her. have any talent. I actively work against the show. It's crazy. I think my I think the weirdest rumor about me is I'm a top. Because oh. absolutely, it's <laughs> like linguini. It gets near a hole. It goes Ooh. total bottom. Yeah. Oh. Well, no. I mean, uh, do doorknobs count? Uh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Bottom sure. and door knockers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, craziest rumor about you? Ooh, I'll have to be opposite of Rockham and say that I'm a bottom. <laughs> That's the craziest. Since you rumor. wanted to know, before I did you earlier. The show, I you're feel like, like yeah. everybody. I mean, you are sexy as hell. Oh well, thank you. You know, I mean, and and accomplished and and sweet and and handsome. You are taken though. I am taken. You yes, are taken. Absolutely. Yes. How long have you two been together? Two and a half years now. Two and a half years. Yes. In gay years, that's like almost fifteen. It's a long time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Chad Michaels, what's the craziest rumor you've ever heard about you? Um. That I've had plastic surgery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not that's all I mean, natural. That, that, you know, it just goes on and on. It just never stops. <laughs> Can't shake it for a decade now. Well, you look great. It's Cher, bitch. Oh, well, if it's Wednesday, Urban Moe's for Dream Girls. Give it up for Chad Michaels, <laughs> babe. Oh, and my next little question for you all is. I need to know first celebrity crushes are on my agenda today. Rock. Oh, Miss Thang. Who's your celebrity crush? My first celebrity crush was probably, I would say, like Tony the Tiger. I was really into Tony the Tiger as a kid. I wanted him to step on me, but I didn't know why. Okay. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always really into food and I've always wanted to fuck cereal mascots for some reason so it's gone from like Tony the Tiger to like the Cookie Crisp dog and then it, like as I got older and I matured okay <laughs> then I went on to like the Golden Grams bear okay so, wow. so you went from pussy to bears yeah and then just the Cheerios logo oh just the logo yeah <laughs> when you get older it's just like life that, that TikTok Checks. video of the dog licking uh, the center of the the Cheerio, or did you? Okay, never mind. Nobody saw it. It's like full blown anime bestiality. I love it. Oh yeah! For those of you just joining in, this is the full blown anime bestiality podcast, covering it all right here. Mm-hmm. Bring your pet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, Protect at your pet. At three o'clock, if you join us, we will have uh, adult baby fetishes. So stay tuned. Okay, keep those diapers on. 
Ryan. Ooh. <laughs> first celebrity crush. For, like first ever celebrity yeah, crush? Yeah, first ever. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I don't remember who my first gay celebrity crush was, but you know, when I was in middle school, I was obsessed with Pam Anderson. Oh. And oh, yeah, a woman, a woman, a woman. Before I, before I she thought was it was more him. of an idol, though. Yeah, she, was. she really, she was. And we a were goal. In, like fifth grade, we had to write a letter to a celebrity person, and I wrote to Pam Anderson, and I was the only person in my class who got something back. She sent me an autograph. Oh, I know. We love Pam. Did, Did you, you write like and, and then write I me I back or I'll kill you? I know where it you is live, really good. Pam. It absolutely is, yeah. She does yeah. have a new documentary on Netflix, and I just saw today people are, um, it was a TikTok post, I think, where people are trying to get her on the next season of White Lotus yes. as Jennifer Coolidge's grieving yes. sister. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm, I'm signing that petition. <laughs> and so I got this photo, and I was like, yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> absolutely. Hey girl, hey, it's time for some quick fire questions from a queer. I'm a, I'm the queer with some quick fire questions okay. for you. Okay, really quick. Yeah. Madonna or Cher? Madonna. <gasps> oh, Nikki wow. or Cardi? Oh, wow. <laughs> with her sitting right next to you. <laughs> Nikki wow. or Cardi? Cardi? Cardi. Barbara or Bette? Who? Barbara or Bette? Barbara Streisand oh. or Bette Midler? Oh, Ooh. Bette. Bette. Okay. Uh, Bay or Rihanna? Beyonce. Rihanna. Rihanna, okay. Um, are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. And if you had the choice between a red pill that would make you six years old with all of your current knowledge or a blue pill that gave you $20 million, what would you choose? Red pill. Red pill. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, that's what I was kind of leaning towards. I feel like you yeah. could build an empire. Yeah. But someone did mention that you could be a very stressed out and overwhelmed six-year-old well, with all that knowledge. Very that's dangerous six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Ryan, you are the man in charge of riches. <laughs> and, you know, some people... how. How did you get, did you wake up someday and say, I'm going to become a nightclub mogul <laughs> and take over riches and, and run Hillcrest? Right. Yeah, you know what, it all just kind of happened. I really, you know, out of high school, I had no clue what the hell I wanted to do in life. And, um, you know, I just kind of fell into it and it just has evolved over the years and it's, and I, I love it. I mean, it's part of who I am. I've been there for so long now. So, so you started when, what year? 2008. 2008. And yeah. you came on right away as management? I was management, yeah. Okay. 2008. And was that with Richard and Nick? Nick? With Nick, yep. Nick, yep. okay. So I was there for 12 years as manager. So a long time. And then what happened when... Uh, so it was right before COVID that you took over yes. ownership, correct? Yes, yes. That was um, a, a curveball. It was. <laughs> yeah, it for sure was. It for sure was. You know, we got to sit the other day and have lunch and, you know, we wanted to do a little bit of prepping, but, you know, it was quite interesting how it it really kind of had a good effect for riches in I, a way. I think so, too. I mean, it's, you know, what I wish to go back and go through COVID again for no. everybody? Absolutely no. not. But it did have a positive impact in the fact that we got to, you know, take advantage of an outdoor space that we've yeah. always wanted to do something with. And also, like, on a personal level, it had a huge impact on my life, too, to be able to just take a step back and slow down. And you know, that's when I met Zach. And, you know, being able to, uh, you know, go into a relationship in a more kind of uh, slower yeah. Paste, you know, you could really, be a little more intimate, yeah, take so, a little time. Yeah, so when things opened back up, it kind of changed my priorities of what was important. And I don't know if that would have happened the way it did had we not 
took a step back for you know a couple of years. So, so many things wouldn't happen. Like you had the opportunity to really evolve riches during that time. That too, you kind of yeah, took it to yeah. another level. You took right. it to another level. You took it outside, which it needed to be. It needed know? to be outside, San Diego, and it's right? gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, thank you. It's yeah. gorgeous, and and riches place in the community. Riches has been a lot. The building itself has been around since. Oh gosh! No, like forever, yeah, forever, been, uh, yeah. yeah. Since this, like the seventies, it's been around. It was what was it before? It was Mickey Finn's in Mickey the fifties and sixties, and then it from there it was a nightclub, you know, all the way through Mr. Yeah. Dillon's. It was Mr. a place Dillon. called Metro. It's been riches since the early nineties. Now, was it always an alternative lifestyles establishment? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But it was much more DL. Oh, absolutely. The front was boarded up with. There was no windows. There was, you know, it was metal. People didn't want to be seen inside. It was very underground. They wore trench coats and big yeah, black yeah. hats and kind of snuck in. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, the Dream Girls review actually started at Dylan's, was where the Dream Girls. Oh, was first it? Started. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's I where did they not First know started that. during their shows. Wow. I didn't know that. See? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Look awesome. At, there's so much um, rich history. Rich history. Yes. Ri- ah, rich history <laughs> at riches. Look at that. And and you know, going from a uh, nondescript brick wall face. It is now this beautiful uh, gemstone in the middle of our um, of Hillcrest. Uh, yeah. Your new sign is oh, <laughs> go light it up, amazing! Yeah. I, I can't believe we never had one, but I, girl, we need to get one, uh, one back over here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on it. <laughs> um, and and we also wanted to. It's such nightlife is changing so much yeah and ever since covid you know it's there's so many more now that rupaul's drag race is so mainstream you know we've all wanted to be mainstream we've all wanted to be equal and we've kind of got it now and and nightlife is changing and we have so many straight people in our spaces Mm -hmm. and you know it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way you know we Mm -hmm. want to have these private spaces but at the same time girl we got to pay the bills and keep the lights on. So, you know, what what have you experienced uh, at Riches over there? Do you, are you seeing a lot of... Well, you have your college night, girl. That is yeah. all the college boys and girls. Oh, yeah. Out. Yeah, on Wednesdays. Yeah, it is for sure. And, and I, and I, yeah. I kind of like... I'm getting better at it. It took me a little bit, to be honest with you. But I think um, my, my issue, the issue that I took during shows, sometimes straight females get a little drunk and they like the spotlight on them. But I feel like they're starting to get the groove now. I see it more. They're starting to get the groove, and I think it's important that we have straight allies in our audience. And and even if they're not allies, if they're just random straight people who are coming to the shows, it's important for them to be there because... Uh, we need we need that visibility. Mm-hmm. They need to see us. They need to see who we are. They need to experience our joy and mm-hmm. see that it's no threat to them. Um, I think that's yeah. really important. That's really, really important. And, and as far as I'm concerned, I've been doing this for a long time, the LGBTQIA plus community sees drag all the time. And you know what? At this point, let's bring the straights in here who have absolutely no reference point for everything that they're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring them in. See our show. Meet us yeah. and, and and experience our joy and see who we are. Absolutely. Yeah, but don't forget capitalism. So if you're straight and you don't have money, then don't come to the shows. Like I'm no poor straight people in our gay spaces. Go to the I'm ATM sorry. first. Yeah. You have to support to our gay economy. That's what Rich said, not me. Those are those are his words. I'm sorry. Since, since you're talking right now, Rock, let's dive in a little bit on this side. Um, so what what season were you on again? 
Um, well, it depends on where you come from in the fandom. A lot of people say I look like kimchi, so season eight, if that's the case. Okay. Season 12 is the one I was actually on. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And and how many times did you um, audition for Drag Race? I auditioned twice. Why? Oh, you are a lucky one. My first video was utter garbage. <laughs> it was so bad, but I love it. Can we I see it? Yeah, I can show you it. Ooh. Ooh. I can show you it. If I... I mean, I could take a shit right on the stage, and that's basically my video right there. <laughs> so you filmed from your bathroom? Um, I filmed in a parking lot, Oh, okay. and I did my runway walks, and every the end of every runway walk, I jumped into a dumpster. <laughs> I jumped into a full dumpster Wait, that had, I've like, branches that. everywhere. I love it. Now, since being on the show, what is... What is the highlight? What is something that you have accomplished? Maybe a show that you've performed at or, mm-hmm. or done something? What, what stands out? Well, one thing that really stands out to me in, in, in what I've done in my impact from Drag Race is um, around the time that the, uh, the Atlanta shootings happened with all the gay massage, or not gay massage parlors, I don't know why I said gay, <laughs> gay people, sorry. Okay. All the Asian massage parlors. Mm. Um, around the time that happened, I actually came out as a previous sex worker. And so um, part of my visibility as being like an Asian sex worker, um, I was able to really just shed light on the stop Asian hate movement and also just like come out as uh, a sex worker previously too. So it wasn't just a highlight so that people could see like visibility with sex workers and um, stop Asian hate, but it was also good for me too because I had been holding that secret for a long 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 time and it was just so nice to get that off my shoulders good for you so your platform itself has really been the highlight and being able to express yourself and share your experiences oh absolutely absolutely well I'm like some of the other girls got to like perform with Rihanna and stuff like that so if, <laughs> if she came up then I would say that <laughs> what a great what a great opportunity though that you seize with your platform to represent the Asian community like that's smart and and brave and you kind of stepped up and were the hero. That's awesome. I wasn't really sure if coming out was actually going to end my career. And at that moment, when those shootings Shoot. happened, it didn't matter. Honey, have you seen... Nothing can end a drag racer's career. Have you seen some of this shit? Yeah, I've seen you're, Australia. You're, you're <laughs> good. You're fine. Like, you're good. You're gold, sweetie. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Tyra's making a comeback. I could though. stab everyone in this room right now, and I could still get booked next yeah, week. Yeah, okay? you're, you're gold. <laughs> you're I'm gonna, good. I'm just and where, what is something that you want to accomplish in the future? Is there anything you have your eye on? Um, one thing that I've always wanted to do is I've always wanted to tour Asia. Um, I can't believe you haven't yet. I have not. Asian people hate me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. um, that will happen, girl. I'm that on the no-fly list. No, uh, I, I haven't done Asia yet. I think it's because of my... I always feel like it's because of my placement on Drag Race. Like, a, a little bit lower. Sometimes promoters don't want to... Uh, book you because of they, they feel like your your draw doesn't make enough money, which it, it can can or it can't, but um, I feel like it's that, and part of it too is I'm gonna have to really have to vocalize that, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and one thing too with being an Asian person on the show, it feels like a lot of pressure to represent the Asian community. So I'm kind of like I don't want to go yet until I'm like really polished and really good, and I set a great example, you know. I think you're there. You're ready, girl. Thank you. Who would be your dream team? Who would be your cast if you took an AAPI tour? Like an all-Asian cast? Yes. First, Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) (laughs) 
She would be great. She could do anyone. George Santos. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be good. Um, I would put a wig on like Dante Bosco. That would be fun. Um, I would bring um, Simu Liu and I'd be like, see, like gay people are pretty fun. You should lighten up. Um, and I would say I would go back in time and bring Jackie Chan from the Street Fighter era because he once did drag and look like Chun-Li and it was so, can I say pussy? It was you can pussy. say pussy. It was so pussy. Jackie Chan, if you're listening to this, which you probably are, that was pussy. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> um, and where are you from originally? Are you, you're United, US, where are you born? Um, I was born in San Francisco. I was born in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, a lot of my drag is very indicative of the Bay Area. And mm-hmm. by that, I mean, they let you do anything you want in the Bay Area. It like, is. All, all leather queens die and become drag queens up there. Absolutely. Kind of the or they become a sister of perpetual indulgence. One of the two. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's saucy up there. It is. It's, oh, absolutely. It's saucy and it's experimental and it's... Um, it's like uh, it's like the Gulf of Mexico when the whales come to lay their babies. It's like it's like a babe. It's like you can just you got the warm water just to bask and do whatever the fuck you want to do in San Francisco. Right? Yeah, it really just it is, is a, a community in San Francisco. If you're looking to start drag and you're worried that your artistic expression might not be recognized yeah. in your community or your scene from what you see, try it in San Francisco. Absolutely. Uh, but another alternative too is try to create a community and foster that in your your own community where it's safe and uh, where people can experiment. I, I feel like being from San Francisco, I like to spread that everywhere and really encourage people to do what drag influences them and oh, uh, too close to the microphone mm. and really inspires them. I love it. And that's what we're doing here with the Church of Glam and GGTV. We're, we're creating a platform for our locals. And, and I think it's, it's a wonderful thing to, to say that. Don't just go out and seek it. Start it. Be it. Mm-hmm. Create it. Or end it if you want to. I don't know. <laughs> go protest a, a drag queen story hour. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so, Ryan, tell me oh. what's coming. Is there anything you can share? Any exciting news about riches coming up? We're I mean, bouncing to the other side. Yeah. I mean, uh, we got some fun events coming up this year. We're bringing back our big gay as fuck party next month, Ooh. which is always like one of our most popular parties because you get just to be as gay and queer as you want. And Gay as fuck and the what the fuck parties are seriously yeah. my favorite. I mean, all of your parties at Ridges are amazing, honestly, but you just go one step further oh, with yeah. those parties. I'll never forget the one when we had like the um, Hollywood Square set up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They built, like, the entire Hollywood Square set up, basically, at one end of the dance floor. And in each square, there was, like, a different scene. There was, like, a toilet on one. And there was, like, a bathtub. And then there was, like, a kitchen. And and we all just kind of, like, rotated between the squares. Yeah. Um, I I took a little while just sitting on the toilet. Uh, My pill might have been kicking in. I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, we cannot wait to see what you bring um, to Hillcrest. I mean, it's just... Your never-ending surprises. And I just want to say, yeah. Ryan, you know, we, we talk about, you know, what has your journey been like at Riches? Well, and, and you're too modest to say it. 
But it's been all about hard work is really what it's been yeah. about for you. And um, I've watched you over the years and I was watching you at the Festival of Trees with all the boys <laughs> up against the wall, flexing your muscle and buying up those trees for our, <laughs> for, no, for our community, yeah. for our community so that they got the most money that they could get for those trees. And it's all about hard work. And we oh, you. thank you and, so and much. I, don't, I, I want you to know that doesn't go unnoticed. Oh, that, thank you. Thank you. My boyfriend got the weed tree. He was very excited <laughs> by that. Do you still have it up? He took all the weed off of it. But <laughs> it's all he gone. smoked yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I want to thank you all for stopping in here today. Um, we are so thrilled to have um, all of you here. And I'm grateful that I get to have this experience. Well, thank you for having us. And this is pretty awesome what you're doing here and getting the community and just conversation is key right communication so it, it's awesome. growing it's yeah. evolving yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely I disagree with Ryan quit drag <laughs> please yeah thank you yeah you no, thank you for having me anytime I need, I need that harsh uh, in my face yeah. kind of voice <laughs> everybody tells me I'm fabulous so <laughs> So um, we have another special guest coming in in just a moment so we're going to play a little musical chairs and prep oh we're going to take a prep now it's time to play musical chairs. Move, bitches. Sundays will never be the same again. Talking politics, entertainment, well-being, mental health, LGBTQAI plus issues, and all things Hillcrest and Drag. From 12 noon for two hours on the first and third Sundays of every month. This is the podcast the entire community is a part of. Live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill, this is GGTV Live. Ladies and gentlemen. Live from the Church of Glam Studios in the epicenter of Hillcrest, San Diego, this is GGTV. Sponsored by Absolute, Hornitos, Vita, 180 Degree Fitness, CheekyVimto.com, Pleasures and Treasurers, Leather Love, Inner Balance Chiropractic, Shakespeare's Corner Shop and Afternoon Tea. Now, let's, let's get, get to, to it. it. Glitz Glam. Work it, mama. A legendary drag queen with a vision to bring unity and community to San Diego. Bringing LGBTQ businesses together, outreach to those in need, and most of all, uniting us as one. It's time we came together. Gay, bisexual, transgender, lesbian, queer, fluid, non-binary, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Latino, all the colors of the rainbow, Republican, Democrat, all religions, beliefs, and views. We are one community. And here, you matter. Love is love. And unity is power. Live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. Hillcrest, San Diego. From the Church of Glam Studios. This is GGTV Live. Our very own gay Power Ranger. Give it up for Mayor Todd Gloria. When you um, took title of mayor, was this like just on repeat? Well, for the true fans, yes. But I think the 
older demographic went out with the Van Morrison, GLO, RIA, you know that one? That's a little more appropriate for like a campaign rally chant. That's true. I will take whatever song. We like sure. the soundtrack, right? Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Todd and Chad Michaels. Still here with me. I always got to have my political correspondent by my side. Who probably shouldn't be a political correspondent, but <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> but it is. Todd, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're here with us today, and I really wanted to bring you on because, um, you know, be, before we get to my questions here, real quick, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of misguided information when it comes to you. I, you know, I, I think you are doing so much greatness for our city um, that sometimes people like to focus in and pick on the little things and, and twist words around. I mean, that is politics, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't have the skin for it. I applaud you for it. Um, with that being said, what was the point in your life that you said, I want to get into politics. I want to be put on a pedestal and screamed at. <laughs> like, was there a moment? Is this something you've always wanted to do? No. You know, I think appropriate for this conversation is that I was raised to believe I couldn't, right? Mm-hmm. I had every signal in the world telling me that this was not available to a gay man of color. Like, we just didn't get these jobs, so don't, don't apply. You don't need to. And what I had was an incredible community, which you guys are a part of, that said, no, I think we can. I think you can, and we'll stand with you to do it. And so, you know, it takes a lot to sort of break out of that shell. We, we want to encourage people to come up, but someone has to be the first. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to do that a couple times in my life, but 100% not what I thought I would be doing growing up. Um, in fact, I had to have a lot of folks really encourage me to do this, and I'm grateful they did. What did you study in school, Todd? Well, that was predictable. So I was a poli-sci and history major in school. So I always had the bug. I was that nerdy kid that would... I, I, I was that nerdy kid who would always read the newspaper, watch C-SPAN, you know, uh, in addition to getting bullied for being gay growing up. You can imagine that also did not endear me uh, to the cool kids. Uh, but, you know, I started getting involved in campaigns because I was interested. Right? So you were, told, you were told no, but you prepped for otherwise, and well, I love that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, yeah. the, you know, what really kind of got me into it was, you know, Bill Clinton in 1992 running for president and wanting to see change and wanting to be a part of that. And here's the thing about politics. If you're going to work for free, they will put you to work. And so I was, <laughs> I was 13 years old registering people to vote. I wasn't even old enough to vote, but I had the ability to go stand in front of a supermarket and say, you know, will you register to vote? Can we, you know, turn out your vote? And, and that sort of snowballed. It was the year after that I got a phone call from someone I volunteered with saying, hey, you know, there's this great candidate down in Hillcrest named Christine Kehoe, and she's running for city council. She'll be the first LGBTQ person elected to office in San Diego. Will you come help? And I took the bus down to Adams Avenue where her office was and was folding envelopes and making phone calls. And, you know, that was kind of the rest is history from there. Mm-hmm. You've always been present in my mind. Like from the beginning, you know, in, in this community, you've been present here on, on some level, you know, whether it be politically or just in the community. And um, I mean, this is just a natural progression and manifestation for you, Mayor Gloria. Absolutely. And you lend your time to our community so often and we appreciate it and we see it. I, I see you all all around town. We got some, I got a little, I got a little segment for you. Girl, it's time to grab a hammer and break the ice. Oh. Ooh, yes. Okay, so really quick here. Um, If you were given the choice between a red pill that would make you six years old with all of the knowledge that you have now, or a blue pill that would give you $20 million, what would you pick? (laughs) 
Blue for sure. <laughs> You're going blue. I got a lot of potholes I could fill with 20 million bucks. So, <laughs> Okay, and here's some quick ones. Okay, Madonna or Cher? Madonna. Nikki or Cardi? I know, I'm sorry, Chad. I know, right I next to Chad. I'm taking I, hit I, after I, hit today. No, but I have you, Chad, so I... <laughs> exactly. Are you going to go see her concert? I'm going to have to get in line like everyone else. Oh, I got my tickets, girl. Ooh. Okay, um, Nikki or Cardi? Mm, Cardi. Okay. Barbara or Bet? Bet, for sure. Okay. Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce. Are you a pizza or pasta guy? Pizza. And are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Early bird gets the worm. Absolutely. That's how you become mayor. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and are you a are you a San Diego native? Born and raised. Born and raised your entire life right here in San Diego. Whereabouts? Uh, well, I grew up mostly in Claremont. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I was born uh, at La Jolla's uh, Scripps Hospital. I'm the, probably the only person in my family that was not born at Mercy Hospital here in Hillcrest. You know, we're a good Catholic family. That's where you went to have your babies. Um, but my mom was cleaning homes in La Jolla when I when I was born, and that was just closer. She was a working girl, and she you know had to make money to provide for my brother and I. So uh, I was always a little extra, I guess, was what was <laughs> what, what, what we understood when I showed up at that hospital. Rather, oh, Miss Thing. Who's your celebrity crush? That's for you. Oh, that's for me? That uh, is for you. You know, I'm very predictable. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, that, yeah. okay. Yeah, key to the city if he likes it. Let's just let it. It's out there, Jake. <laughs> yes. Just so you know. I, are you single? No, 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 no. no, no. I, I have a wonderful, caring, supportive, and very forgiving partner uh, <laughs> named Adam. You know, he doesn't enjoy the spotlight. He takes care of home, and uh, I'm very grateful. I'm very lucky. How long have you been together? About seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. He's stuck through the legislature. You know, there's a lot of time on the road when I'd be in Sacramento, not home. Uh, he put up through the mayor's race, which was unpleasant. Um, uh, and he does the work now where, you know, when we're out and about and we're having dinner and someone wants to tell us about, you know, potholes or graffiti or whatever, you know, he, he takes it with uh, a lot more patience in class than, oh. than I deserve. All of us in the spotlight need a good strong rock behind us <laughs> so important it, we are all so all three of us are so right you have adam i have anthony like i i don't know what i would do without, i wouldn't be here period the end no um when did you come out todd what oh, how old were you listen from the from <laughs> no the one was unaware <laughs> <laughs> when did you um say it out loud to people publicly 17 18 17 you know, 18 you know this is something i like to share this story just because i know we still have people who grapple with it and particularly a lot of young people and you know what I always give the advice is that I knew who I was I tried to be authentic to who I was but I was also concerned about safety uh, and when I figured out a path to make sure that I could provide for myself uh, and I did that relatively early um, I went to my loved ones and started sharing the, uh, with them and what I was shocked was the amount of support I got you know, my, my parents didn't really know LGBTQ people. Uh, things were said at home that were not empowering growing up, but they just didn't know any better. Right. right. And the second I told them, you know, they loved me unconditionally. I've been so lucky in that way. But um, I think it's all about individual timing, about safety, uh, and then about being prepared yourself for there'll be people who disappoint you, but the vast majority of people will surprise you and your life will be infinitely better. Yes. And, and, and our parents, you know, oftentimes it, they're not necessarily disapproval in it. It's more of a not understanding it, like you said, but their fear that your life is going to be even harder yeah. as, a, as a gay individual than it would be, you know? Yeah. So really, it's sometimes it's out of love and protection. Um, other times it's out of ignorance and hate, you know? 
but it, it, there's something to be said there. I, my mom had to work on it for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she found um, I was dating a guy much older than me in Boston when I was only 17. I told him I was 18. <laughs> I won't say his name out loud. Um, but he sent me a birthday card, and it said, um, Chains, Whips, Chips, and Dips, Happy Birthday. Oh, dear. My mom found that. Yeah. Let me tell you, she was uh, she was not thrilled. She was <laughs> extremely scared. So yeah. she, uh, it took her a little while, but now she loves it. You know, she thinks that her gay son is the best thing in the world. Her gay drag son. Um, she comes to the shows, and, and it's it's lovely to have the support of your family. And and if you don't have family supporting you, find that family. Find your chosen family. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't have to be blood related. There are lots of people out there that are going to love you and accept you. You, and once you find your tribe, the sky is the limit. Yeah. Absolutely. So true. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna get to some topics now. My my producer is whispering in our ear right now. We have to we have to talk about what he says. <laughs> we're gonna get into some questions now. Um, San Diego is facing an extreme homeless uh, epidemic if you will. And, you know, there's no perfect way to handle it. Yeah, I, I want to know what, what do you have on your mind? What do you have in the future? What can you tell our listeners right now to maybe soothe that worry right now, which is a real hot topic? Yeah. And, let us, and also, let's acknowledge the major thing that you've gotten done with the downtown library. It, it is yeah. major, Todd. It, is, it, it moved quickly. And it is right on point, and you should be applauded for this from red to blue. Okay? Well, thank you, Chad. Mm-hmm. And, and thanks for the question, because it is by far the biggest issue in our city, period. But I want to be clear, it's not just San Diego. No. Absolutely. Anywhere in the state of California, and frankly, across the country. I travel a lot selling San Diego and trying to bring jobs and investment into our city. And when I go to these other cities, I see it there, too. And Fundamentally, uh, it's a complex problem that people crave a simple answer for, solution for, and there just isn't one. But if I was forced to give you one, it's more housing. Mm -hmm. We have to build more housing that's affordable to really everybody, um, but in particular for low-income folks and vulnerable people. You ask, what's the strategy? I get that all the time, and I appreciate the chance to explain. It's While there's no simple solutions, I can describe it as three things. Outreach, shelter, housing. Outreach, the repetitive interactions on the street daily to build the trust and rapport to get someone to say yes to services, and then to be able to immediately put them into a shelter like the old downtown Central Library uh, to get them stabilized, and then have them work with uh, service providers, and particularly housing navigators, to get into housing, housing that's permanent with wraparound services. So outreach, shelter, housing, that's what we're trying to do. We've stood up for the first time ever a citywide street-coordinated outreach. We have expanded shelter capacity by 61% in the two years that I've been mayor, and that's in the context of a pandemic where there's worker issues and supply chain issues, but we're getting the job done, and we're building more housing, not at a clip that I'd like. That's kind of a harder part, um, but I will tell you, uh, you know, we were I'm at City Hall constantly looking at every one of the cushions, looking for a little bit of money here and there. We scooped up a, a quite a f- fair amount of money, and we have empowered and authorized the construction of over 900 new units of low-income housing across the city, from San Ysidro to Rancho Bernardo, so we're working on this. 
But a reminder for your listeners, we didn't get into this problem overnight. We're not going to get out of it overnight. And it is a national concern. So we need our federal policymakers to get on with this, provide us the housing vouchers and the assistance that we need there. We need the state to do things like reform our conservatorship laws, because a lot of the folks that are on the streets are severely mentally ill, and they can't care for themselves. They will never volunteer to come off the streets because they don't have the faculties to do that. So there are a number of ways that all of us have to work on this, including the broader community who can be a part of the solution, to say yes to more housing in their neighborhood. Absolutely. I think you definitely nailed one that I, I find. It, people think, oh, just give them a place to stay. And they're going to, a lot of people don't want to come off the street. Maybe they want to come off the street, but they're so set in their ways. And I think the outreach and addressing the uh, mental health and well-being is, is so crucial. And establishing the trust. The trust. Yeah, I mean, think about if someone came up to you and said, hey, come with me, I'm going to give you a place to stay. Right. You, our, our parents taught us not to do that. Right? <laughs> with you know? strangers. And so you have to build that trust and rapport. But Gigi, exactly as you said, for a number of folks, either they're set in their ways, like all of us are, or they're frankly, they're too deep in their addiction or too deep in their mental illness, and they need an advocate. They need someone to help them to do that. And here's one of the frustrating parts. The city has no jurisdiction over that. Mm. And so while I get the calls about the person who may be standing on the street corner screaming their head off, I, I don't have the social workers. That's, that's largely the, the county and the state that have that responsibility. And that, so that requires some coordination. But I have the blunt instruments of police um, or sanitation workers, and those are not a great response to no. someone yeah. standing on the street corner it screaming. It is not. And people on the streets don't want to see a cop coming towards them. They're definitely not going to, to welcome that experience. Yeah. We've seen, obviously, these two really severe examples of violence downtown um, a couple of weeks ago with the stabbings and then what just happened this last week. Um, I know that you're talking about you know, a plan to help these people and to get them off the streets. Where are you headed with that, Mayor Gloria? Well, let me say very clearly, you know, being homeless is not a crime. No. But homeless people do commit crimes. And I don't care if you're housed or unhoused, we need to hold you accountable when you break the law. And so in those instances that you referred to, those are straight up crimes, right? And they need to go to jail. One thing that people have lost sight of during the pandemic, all of our lives were upended. But what you may not know is that for good periods of the pandemic, like years, we couldn't put people in jail, right? If we're saying that we can't be in large groups, well, guess what? Jail is not a great place, right? And then increase, we also didn't have things like bail, right? So if you did arrest somebody, there was no ability to keep them in custody. So my point is, is that some of these folks who are out and about are folks who've really been overlooked by the criminal justice system over the last few years because of the pandemic response. The good thing is that as we pull back these emergency declarations, like the city will do at the end of this month, like mm -hmm. the federal government will do in May, more of our common tools that we have will be restored. And so our ability to really enforce on measures like what you've seen uh, is there. But again, that's separate. That's a public safety response because we should hold criminals accountable. But with regard to street homelessness, we have to provide that outreach, that shelter, and that housing to get folks. And we have to understand, and I have, can I, if anyone's listening who's an outreach worker, hats off. These are incredible human beings who go out there every day with the motto of knowing that today's no could be tomorrow's yes. Right. And so they come back repetitively in hopes of getting that person to come off the street. Well, I, I this kind of ties into everything you're talking about now. One of the reasons I started this whole project, first the Church of Glam and now GGTV, was to create... Um, to create a space, a, a holistic well-being kind of brick-and-mortar space. I feel like the gay community has gone to gay bars all their lives, and it's been a church for us. It's been a place for us, a place of worship for us. You know, we didn't feel welcome in, in the established uh, organized religion 
religious kind of sanctuary. So that's kind of where it started. And, and on top of that was I've had so many people close to me that are living in their cars, that are, you know, on the brink. I think all of, many of us are just a paycheck or two from being on the street ourselves. That's right. You know, Uh, that's why it's so important to have these kind of um, spaces. So uh, I love everything that you're doing. I think there's so much more to do. And um, I applaud all of your efforts for sure. Well, thank you for saying that. And thank you for creating that space. Uh, you know, the second I got my driver's license, I was 16 years old. I was a kid in Claremont, you know, suburbs. I got in that car and I came straight to Hillcrest. <laughs> what was I, your you know, favorite place? I well, just share real quick. I did the same thing, Todd, and I took a wrong turn on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> right by the brass rail. And almost, you almost, I'm almost not sitting here today because of that. But go ahead. Oh, you were going well, downtown. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. I, was, I had my gay gaydar beacon on and it led me to Hillcrest. <laughs> in my little green Volkswagen Scirocco. Scirocco. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, we're probably similarly both so excited. I was in my uh-huh. 82 brown Honda Accord, and I was so excited that I forgot my wallet at home. No. So I went to City Deli because I was underage, right? It was the first uh-huh. place I could go, and uh-huh. Mike over there served me a meal, and then he comes up with a bill, and I had nothing to pay. pay. I couldn't pay it. But so what did you do? I apologized. <laughs> I swore I was going to come back, and he was kind enough to let me go, and, uh, you know, I, I was speeding on the day I got my driver's license to go home, get my wallet, come back. But the point is, back to the chosen family comment, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of grace, that kind of community that you build with that trust, you know, it's it's what created a safe place. And I appreciate you contributing to try and do that as the world shifts a little bit, as we feel safe to go in other bars and other locations. Shout out, by the way, to our gay bars. We have to continue to support them. They are the heart of our community. But finding other ways to make sure that everyone can find a place that they can be themselves very powerful stuff. I'm grateful you're doing it. Thank you. We're going to take a little break. Be right back. It's the first Sunday of the month, and we're back. Live from the main stage, here at the world-famous Urban Mo's Bar and Grill, this is GGTV. Sponsored by Absolute, Hornitos, Vita, 180-Degree Fitness, Interbalance Chiropractic, Pleasures and Treasures, Shakespeare's Corner Shop and Afternoon Tea, CheekyVimto.com, and Leather Love. Phew. Now, let's get started. Glitz Glam. Our very own gay Power Ranger. Give it up for Mayor Todd Gloria. And we're back. We had to take a little breather and take a sip. Oh, we took a sip of coffee. Well, they can watch us now, so they know I'm lying right now, and it's an empty cup. (laughs) (laughs) Just a prop, Gigi. I just need to realign. You know, there's so much going on today, and I'm learning how to kind of flow with this and and how it works. And um, hopefully, people are enjoying the podcast. Um, And hopefully, they're. Are you out there enjoying yourselves today? Thank you to our live studio audience. And, and if you're listening right now, you can also text us any questions that you might have for Todd or for Chad or for myself at 619-880-GLAM. Uh, yeah. I have a quick question. Oh, okay. You had an exciting week. Uh, how How is our first lady? Uh, how is she? <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, Jill Biden. She's incredible. She's just a nice person. You know, I've had the chance to meet her a couple times now. This is the first time, though, in San Diego. And you can imagine what it is to stand on the tarmac at. Uh, I saw you. The 
airport, so and, you. you know, wanting to look the part and just be so welcoming and have her walk down the staircase and, you know, shake her hand and say all the right words and be appropriate. Yeah, you know, I'm it's... I'm uh, fitzing over here. Yeah, that little gay boy from Claremont was uh, was just hoping his mom was proud. And so, I, you know, I kept my phone in my, my pocket because I didn't want to be rude. But I got in the car on the way after and got the text from my mom. Oh, you look oh, so good. You look... So, I, you know, I'm I'm lucky guy, but what an amazing opportunity to welcome her to San Diego to show off the best of our city. She's here to see our community health clinics, our uh, veteran shelters, uh, and work with um, uh, military families. So, uh, she's just a classy lady, and uh, I'm very proud to have her as our first lady. Wonderful. Was that what would be a highlight so far in your career as mayor? What is something that really stands out? You know, one thing I'm super proud about right now is, you know, back when I was a kid, but talking about watching C-SPAN, reading the paper, volunteering, uh, whatnot, my first job was at the County of San Diego through something called Hire Youth, which was a program we had back then. They pay you minimum wage, $4.25. I took the number 25 bus and worked uh, throughout high school and college um, for the county. We've been able to resurrect that program at the city now. We call it Employ and Empower. We now have 200 young people in paid internships at the city, and we've been doing this for a little less than a year. Six of them have already become full-time city employees. And so when you ask about what I'm proud about, you know, I believe passionately in public service. I'm the mayor of San Diego, but I'm a missionary, using the church theme, a missionary for public service, and I want more people to consider the chance to come to do this. So to create Employ and Empower, again, very similar to the program that got me into public service, and to have now 200 kids, we have capacity for 1,000 to really create that next generation of public servants. That's like kind of a pinch me moment, right? Because you're hopefully creating maybe a future mayor, right? Maybe a future librarian, firefighter, someone that could see that they can spend their career uh, giving back to their city, uh, creating a better city for all of us. Truly passing it on. That's wonderful. What words of wisdom could you share to someone who is maybe looking to come into this uh, field? I mean, it, it can't be easy that... 50% 50% of the people that you come across are going to hate you and 50% are going to love you. How, how do you deal with that on a daily basis and what are some words that you could maybe share? Well, there's what I do and there's public service. In, in public service, my, my sell on that is that, you know, you can get up every day of your life and do something. In this particular case, if you're in public service, you get up every day with the sole purpose of making the city work better for everybody. And I think that's an amazing opportunity. You'll never get rich. That's not what this is about. Right. Uh, but you can have a comfortable life where at the end of your career, you can look at your city and say, I made it better. Right. So I, that's myself for public service. With regard to what I do, you know, you understand what you're signing up for when you get this job. And, you know, it's being blamed for everything under the sun. I have been known to say I get blamed for everything. A hangnail, a hemorrhoid, it's my fault in the city of San Diego. It still <laughs> buck stops with me. And, you know, I get frustrated, right? Because often it's stuff I don't have any control over. You know, most recently around energy and gasoline rates, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're upset. I'm upset about what we have to pay to fill up our cars, right? Mm-hmm. I have 4,000 vehicles at the city of San Diego, yeah. right? So if you're mad about what your car, understand how angry I am at oil companies for how much it is, takes to fill up the trash trucks, the police cars, the fire engines, all the stuff that we have to do. So that can get frustrating when you're trying to be held accountable. And what I just try to remember is that there's vast majority of people are not going to complain. Most of them are quite happy. In this day and age, post-pandemic, where we're all kind of you know, shaking it off, right, and mm-hmm. dealing with that, coupled with social media, which can be extremely toxic. Um, and what I'm always struck by is when people will take the opportunity to look up a social media and to make a comment rather than look up the email to report the thing they're upset about. Of course. You know, let's be solution-oriented. Let's solve it. But in the day, you build a big, th- a thick skin and you realize that what you're doing is here to make life better for 1.4 million people. Stay focused on what, what sure. we're here to do. 
Absolutely. All right, I have another hard question for Ooh, you. Well, it's it. not a hard question. It's it's a hot topic. Okay. Okay. The bike lanes. <laughs> you knew that was coming, right? I had a sp- sneaking suspicion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know that all all cities across the country are are trying to get to that carbon neutral point. I know there's a lot of steps we all got to do. What is the big picture? Why, you know, people are complaining that we've lost parking spaces. You go through uh, North Park and there is no parking spaces. A lot of small businesses are struggling now. And, you know, what's the big picture? What what caused this shift? Well, a couple things, but you started with climate, which is important. Climate, yes. Which is important. But for me, for my dollar, it's about safety. Because right now, we last year, we lost 12 cyclists in the city. They were killed wow. riding in our city. And if I'm not here taking care of you and protecting you and your public safety, whether that's getting a cop or a firefighter to your doorstep, protecting you with lifeguards when you're on the beach, or making sure that you can get about the city walking, biking, or driving and not take your life in your hands, that's a responsibility I have to follow through on. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. But yes, you know, expanding our, our, our bicycle network as well as our pedestrian network, you know, a sidewalk that's not busted, you know, with streetlights that actually work, you know, this actually facilitates our climate action plan goals. And, you know, I understand the consternation largely because change can be hard. Right? This is not something that we've experienced here before. But the fact of the matter is, is that whether it's our regional transportation plan, our city's general plan, neighborhood community plans, our bicycle master plan, our climate action plan, all of these public documents that have been voted on and discussed and vetted for years, if not decades, have had these plans in them. What we're simply doing is executing, in part because I have put a premium on repaving the damn roads. Uh-huh. And when we're Thank repaving you. them, we're going we're gonna to install them where appropriate, a bike lane. Now, to your point about the parking offset, you know, again, we're at the, uh, the Church of Glam, and I will tell you that it feels like bicycles are, have like a religious kind of component to it in terms of like black or white. Either you love them or you hate them. There doesn't yep. seem to be a lot of middle ground. And on the parking issue, my ironclad commitment is to always look for offsets. And that is in some cases possible. In the case of, think about when we installed the bus only lane on yeah. Park Boulevard. Yeah. It was slated to lose like something like 50 parking spaces, but we made up for all of them. Remember when you, in front, the center used to be you parked parallel, but now you park you know, yeah. perpendicular? Yeah. Well, we made up the difference on the parking spaces that have been lost. We're trying to do that in other settings. This is not to make people's lives more difficult, but number one, it is to make sure people are safe. Number two, it is to meet the obligations under all those plans I mentioned. And lastly, yes, it does have some benefits for the climate which are very necessary. We in San Diego <laughs> have a beautiful climate. It's worth fighting for. It's one of the things that differentiates, differentiates ourselves in the marketplace. We have to protect it. And, and, a, and a nice bike ride is definitely a wonderful thing to do if you don't have a convertible car. <laughs> but it, speaking of bikes, though, I remember we used to have those lovely little rental bikes on every corner. I mean, I know people were like throwing them off the cliffs, yes. the sunset cliffs, <laughs> and off the end them. of the pier, yes. stealing them. Yeah. But I feel like now that we do have these safe bike lanes, that it could be another a program that we might want to introduce. Back. So it de- depends on which one you're talking about. There used to be the deco bikes, the stationary s- stations, and, and so that was quite a while ago now. They went away. Um, then we had different bike companies, but then scooters came. Yep. And scooters are perfect. Preferable. We all get a little lazy, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Going up Fifth Avenue, or, or I'm sorry, go up, yeah, Fifth Avenue, go down Fourth <laughs> Avenue. Got to get my directions right. Um, you know, it can be hard. 
we actually, you know, my predecessor never regulated scooters, and we had a lot of challenges with bicycles, I'm sorry, with scooters and pedestrians, things of that nature. Uh, we, we've regulated them now. Those rules came online just a few months ago, and we're sort of seeing it come online. What I will tell you is I think over the next number of months, you will see um, more uh, scooters reintroduced into our community, and they'll have to follow these new rules, which is good, um, but they will also have the benefit of some of these lanes. Right? We talk about bike lanes, but the fact is the bike lanes also do work for scooters and for other modes of transportation that just gives people choices. And I, I guess that's one of the selling points on this as well. Right now, I think we only have one choice from getting from A to B, and that's your car. Yeah. Right. I don't know about you guys, but I love choices. I like options in my day. I have yeah. different things in the fridge because I like to maybe choose different things to eat. I certainly have different clothes because I never know what vibe I want to go for the day. We should give people more choices on how to get from A to B. And in all of those cases, it should be safe and hopefully affordable. And that's going back to those shared bikes and shared scooters. I mean, they tend to be fairly affordable. What would they've never had those rules? And I do think we have to have rules. The kind of wild west that was going on out there where they're riding all over the sidewalks and scaring the heck out of pedestrians, that's not good. And we had to put a stop to that. With the bike lanes coming in and the uh, progression of people transitioning to hybrid and electric vehicles, are there plans for more charging stations uh, for people who get these cars? Yes, yes. And, uh, and that's something that President Biden deserves a lot of credit for, you know, in his infrastructure bill, uh, as well as uh, the IRA and other uh, pieces of legislation. There's a lot of money for that. And now we have to undertake the understanding of where to put them, right? And so you're starting to see them show up at shopping centers, yep. maybe at your bank or whatever else, but finding ways to put them in public parks, uh, put them at city facilities. Uh, I We are transitioning to electric vehicles at the city as well. Uh, watch this space. I believe about this time, about a year and a half from now, we will have the second electric fire engine in the country here at the city of San Diego. And so we're building that fire station right now on the UCSD campus. It is being outfitted to be an EV. But the point is we have to build the charging station to actually make it work before we can take delivery of it. So we are doing that work now, but we're able to do it in part because the federal government has acknowledged that climate change is a thing. We need to invest in local communities. And my responsibility is to go fight for every one of those dollars, bring them to San Diego, and then deploy them in neighborhoods to make this useful for people so they can make that change if they want to make that choice. And we're going to need a lot more charging stations. A lot a more. Lot. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. Th those lines at those Tesla stations uh -huh. are getting long, honey. Yeah. They're long. We're going to take a real quick break because my LED wall behind me is flashing. And I know you listening probably don't know that's happening, but it's driving me nuts. Um, so I'm going to fix that. And we're going to take a quick little break. Be right back. <sighs> it's Sunday, February 5th, 2023. And... We're live from the main stage of the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar & Grill. It's the podcast everyone is talking about. Today, live in studio, nightclub legend, owner of Riches San Diego, Ryan Bedrosian. Now a global drag superstar from RuPaul's Drag Race, Rock M. Sakura. And all hail the most powerful man in the city, the mayor of San Diego. He's one of us. Mayor Todd Gloria is in the house. So let's get started. Live from the Church of Clam Studios in the epicenter of Hillcrest, this is GGTV Podcast. Our very own gay Power Ranger. Give it up for Mayor Todd Gloria. <laughs> and we're back. I fixed the LED. 
Oh, never mind. Oh, it's, gonna, it's really going to work your OCD, girl. Girl, well, as long as it's not happening during uh, Dream Girls, we're okay. We're okay. All right, kiddo. So we have all been rocked by what happened in Colorado Springs. Um, and many of us attended the community meeting that was held with uh, San Diego law enforcement and yourself. Um, what are... What are your plans moving forward to protect the, the community here, the LGBTQIA plus community in Hillcrest and around San Diego um, from the uh, potential threat of, of, these, of this violence that has been brought to our doorsteps? Yeah. I appreciate you asking and not forgetting. Yeah. Right? It seems that we have so many of these mass shootings. Obviously, the most recent ones focused on the AAPI community. That we can't become numb to this. We have to keep bringing it up and demanding that people like myself in positions of responsibility are doing something. You know, at the city level, I want your listeners to know that we are leaders nationally when it comes to gun violence prevention. When you look at something like a gun violence restraining order, sometimes known as red flag laws, the city of San Diego outpaces every other city in the state by an order of magnitude in terms of taking guns away from people who should not have them, people who are serial abusers, domestic violence uh, uh, defendants, uh, people who just should not have access to it. And I think that's one of the ways we do it. The other thing I might just share, you know, I've, how many times have we marched on the street in response to something, right? And the difference that night was that I was standing there as your mayor. And I have the benefit of having a direct line and daily communication with our police department, with other law enforcement, state and federal. And I want your listeners to know that there is a network of professionals that are constantly on watch, constantly on guard. We identify threats and we do our best to prevent them. Um, that means, though, we have to have a community that's energized, mobilized, that will see something and will say something. And I think in every one of these instances, when you see the aftermath and they start asking questions, people knew something was wrong. People knew that person had an issue. They knew they had easy access to guns, and maybe they regret it not saying something. So we do want to encourage people to come forward and let us know. If, it's, if we can rule it out as being a no, nothing, let us do that. But if it's something that's bad, and I will tell you that frequently we find things that are bad and we prevent it from happening, again, that's the benefit of being mayor. You have access to that information. And I just want to reassure your, vote, your listeners uh, that we will continue to provide the resources to make sure those folks can do their jobs, do them well. Um, but we want to have an engaged community that will raise red flags when they happen so that we can try and prevent these things before they happen. I was very heartened with everything I heard that night. Um, just It seems like, you know, between city and FBI everyone's on the same page I feel like the captain's very invested in our community um, so yeah I mean I was really glad that I attended that night because I wanted to hear from directly from all of you and I you know I, I think that you've you, you got you gave us some good answers I think you gave us some good direction and a little bit of comfort in a really scary time um, and moving forward yeah it, I, I believe Mayor Glory it is up to us we've got to be paying attention we have to be paying attention, even to the littlest things, and and everybody, everybody, the whole the whole scope of our community has to be paying attention. And like you said, see something, you have to say something, scream it. Right. And Chad, thank you for being there. As a community leader, seeing you there was powerful. You know, it's good to see the mayor there, but it's good to see you there, front row center, asking questions and being present. And then shout out to our bars. You know, I think we all come to places like Urban Mo's and we want to have a good time. But you guys know this bar has plans, staff is trained, and they do the stuff that they need to do. PD does what we need to do. You're doing what you need to do. And when we do that, the community is safer as a result. I agree. It's a, it's a group effort, honey. It, it definitely is. On 
the subject of law enforcement, you know, there, there's been a, a bit of a gap between our law enforcement and specifically the LGBTQ community here in Hillcrest. You know, um, do you, what kind of efforts do you think need to be made to, to reestablish that relationship? I think it starts with engagement. You know, I, f- I fear that in recent years that gap has happened and rather than engage, people have segregated and went to their separate corners. So when we say that, you know, law enforcement is not welcome at community institutions or at our pride parade, I think that's wrong. I mean, there was a time, and you talked to some of our trailblazers, when they would be in an inst- at a place like this, a gay bar, worried that the cops were going to bust down the door and arrest everybody. We're not there any longer. And the fact is that we have to celebrate where we've, how far we've come and insist upon continued progress. And I think particularly about the black and brown community here and the LGBT community, I understand that there are strong feelings that are there. But these problems will not be solved if we're not engaging with one another. So let's get to the table, let's identify issues, and let's drive change. You know, I've been uh, fortunate to be the mayor that's instituted the first independent police review commission where we have the ability to subpoena records, to have uh, independent legal counsel and to prosecute officers that may break the law. And if they do that, we have to have accountability. So there are ways to improve on our current system, but you can't do that if you're standing in your respective corners and not communicating. We have to have constructive engagement. Completely agreed. Some of those uncomfortable conversations that need to occur, absolutely. Yeah, and we can't do it alone. We have to work together. We cannot, we cannot be separate and succeed. There's no way. There's no way. An- another uncomfortable conversation is um, uh, emergency status of, of COVID. And, and, you know, to many people, it's over. And to many others, it's very much here. It's, it's still here. And for many businesses, um, the, the support that the state has given and the government has given, uh, you know, it's coming to an end. You know, I mean, in a way that would free up money for other things, for outreach, for, to help with our homeless programs and stuff. But I don't know if we're ready. I, I don't know if we're ready to say it's over. But, you know, President I- Biden is about... <laughs> I think he's ready to say that we move forward living with it is basically what it is. I, I, you know, we all have our feelings about it. I think I just said something about it Wednesday night on the microphone. Yeah. You know, that COVID really did just happen, folks. It really did. Whether or not it feels like it did, I know a lot of people are moving on. A lot of people just want to forget about it. But, it, it, you know, it, it's not that easy. It yeah, really no. is not. I appreciate what you're saying, and yeah. you called it difficult. I would just say it's necessary conversation, yeah. right? And one of the things I get frustrated by in my day is that people act like it didn't happen. Yeah, they sure right? do. Right? And, and uh, you know, yes, we're moving forward, and it's going to become endemic and all that, uh, but the, the fact is is that there are lingering effects, particularly on our children. But in my inter- interactions with folks, when people are yelling at me, and they're talking about a pothole, but I don't think it's about the pothole. I think it's about the last two years, it was probably really hard on that individual. Yes. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we do ourselves a disservice and we don't understand the context when these con- conversations are being had. If your last two years involved job loss, you know, your business closing, you know, your spouse or somebody getting uh, sick and maybe, maybe losing them, right? right? There's been a tremendous amount of collective trauma that every one of us have experienced. If you were telling me that nothing in the last two years bothered you, if you're not a little bit more anxious or maybe a little depressed, you're not being honest. And again, I, I have conversations with people where you know they're hot and heavy on 
a pothole or a bike lane or, or, or an encampment. It's often not about that. I think they're working out their own issues. And if we're not really being honest about what the underlying issues are, then we can't solve them, right? So, um, I, you know, listen, we're moving forward. We're going to continue to keep a close eye on case right, case levels, and, and we'll, we will adjust and, and re-engage if necessary. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that what has happened uh, has left lingering effects, and we're going to be dealing with them for years. Yeah. I think it's important for everyone to do what they need to do. If they need to go have another vaccination, go have another vaccination. If you need to wear your mask in public, still wear your mask in public. It's you know, and and we have to be more sensitive. I think that if anything that the last three years have shown us is that. Americans can be really insensitive assholes. And at this point, we need to pull back on that and start considering the people around us. I don't care what side of the aisle that you're on and get this back together. We are, when you mention insensitive, we all go right to um, the thought of the hardcore Trumpanzees <laughs> that have really divided our country. You know, some of these conversations that need to be had are... Um, uncomfortable ones with some Republicans to, to hear both sides of the story. We're never going to come together if we don't talk to each other. Sure. You know, it, it's so important to have those conversations. We'll see what happens in the next two years. <laughs> we'll see. Mm-hmm. Todd, 2023, it's just begun. What are your plans this year? What do you got coming down the line? Oh, so many things. I uh, hope a vacation. From- <laughs> you deserve <laughs> That's one. That's 2029. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, well, you know, we have to do a bunch of stuff this year. We, you know, we have to figure out this budget and th- we'll do this without the benefit of a lot of state and federal relief because the programs are coming to an end and a lot of that has allowed us to fill in gaps uh, at the city. So that's that's a significant challenge making sure we're p- filling potholes uh, with the local resources, not with the benefit of federal resources. Uh, shout out again to President Biden, Big Daddy Joe. Thank mm-hmm. you for that $300 million you sent the city of San Diego. That has kept police officers on duty, libraries open, and uh, grant assistance to small businesses across the city. So, uh, But those days are over, right? So we have to figure that out, and that's not going to be easy. Uh, I will tell you, we're going to continue to work on my two biggest priorities, which are homelessness and road repair. Uh, you know, you talked about the old Central Library, which we've reopened as a, sh- as a shelter uh, a couple days ago. We're going to have a new uh, safe parking lot. You know, a lot of homeless people don't have homes, but they have cars. Yep. Uh, this will be in the Claremont community, my old stomping grounds. Uh, that will open in about a month's oh, time. It's been a hot topic up in North County where I live, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. The parking lots. Yeah. yeah, we, we you know, we have to give, fo- you know, sleeping in front of someone's house is troublesome to the property owner. I get that. Mm-hmm. Also, sleeping without the wraparound services means they're likely going to stay in their car forever, and we don't want that. We want the on-site services that a parking lot can provide. So, uh, that, this will be our fourth in the city, which is a good thing. Uh, and the, a new uh, family uh, homeless shelter, which will be coming online probably sometime in March as well. Uh, about 80 beds are there, about 80 rooms. Uh, this is non-congregate, so it's a private setting. Wow. I think it'll be transformational for the families. And that's just, you know, it's not 80 beds for 80 families. We know that those beds create opportunity. They graduate out and they open up that bed again for another family, right? So continuing to expand the shelter capacity to get things done. And then our road repair. Let me just tell you, inside a tip, something I didn't know till I was mayor. Do you know you can't pave if it's less than 50 degrees? Hmm. So I did not know that. I have, we have contractors waiting to pave Park Boulevard through Balboa Park. That road is embarrassing. And they have been sitting out there for nearly a month because the temperature, we have to do it at night, right? Because people go to Balboa Park. Yep. Uh-huh. And every night it's been 30, 40 something uh. degrees. So 
we're nearly in paving season, and whether it's Convoy, Park Boulevard, La Jolla Parkway, we've got big, big improvements coming to these roads. And so when people yell at me about, Mayor, the streets suck, and be like, listen, I'm telling you, I'm looking at my phone app every day, hoping that it's going to be warm enough. Right. And who would have thought that'd be a thing in San Diego? But it is. So my point is that we'll continue to endeavor to work and make change on homelessness and road repair, balance the city's budget, and keep moving us forward. We're the eighth largest city in the country. People forget that. And it's time for us to act accordingly. And so whether we're driving ch- change on the sports arena property or a new city hall um, on uh, 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 transparency when it comes to policing, there's a host of issues. Uh, this job is not one task. It's multitasking. Uh, and my goal every day is to give you your money's worth. You're juggling and playing Jenga is what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's Jenga, rough. that's a good description. <laughs> the life of a mayor. Wow. How do you um how do you reach the public? Like, what do you what do you do? Are you on? Are you live on Twitter and all that good stuff? Do We're you, on all. Do you tweet? Uh, we do all those things. <laughs> uh, we do all those things. Or I should say, my great staff and I have a wonderful communications team that that works on that. Um, you know what? Can I say? This was job was so hard to do. I was sworn in in December of 2020, mm-hmm. height of the pandemic. And so we weren't out in the community. We couldn't sit here, right? right, right. And it made the job so hard. I'm an elected representative of every person in the city. And if you can't interact with them, if you can't be in the coffee shop, the dry cleaner, the grocery store, you know, I was joking about how people come up and give you a piece of their mind. But how do you know what's important and what's right. not if you're not hearing from them? So, yes, we have a website. We have weekly emails on both citywide stuff and homelessness specific, which I encourage people to go to my website and sign up for. We have all the social media stuff. We do public events. I'm out every weekend, every night, you know, it's constantly being out in the community. But the benefit is, is that you just don't know when those small conversations, when someone says something about what they're experiencing, not knowing that it impacts a lot of other people. And that's how things get on the civic list of things to do. Oh my God, there are too many homeless people. Oh my God, there's too many folks who are getting evicted. There's too many folks whose rents are being increased. And that's when you start seeing us moving forward with the tenant right uh, ordinance. When we look at eviction prevention, when we look at um, rental assistance, these things come from organic conversations in the community. And that's why you see me out and about, not because I'm the most extroverted person in the world, but because it's a necessary part of my job. And we do love seeing you out and about. Yep. <laughs> we do. It's so cool to come into work and be like, oh, the mayor's over there having a burger. <laughs> <laughs> and those fries. <laughs> and those fries, girl. <laughs> Minute on the hip, lips. Yeah. All on the hip, honey. <laughs> How's that saying go? Mm-hmm. So when you do take your vacation in 2029, where are you going to go, Todd? Oh, God. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a lay on the beach kind of guy. No? You know, I, okay. I, can't, I can't unplug easily. My mind's always going. Are um, you more of a climb a pyramid kind of guy? Oh, uh, well, I'm not. Look at me. Ask me if I'm <laughs> athletic, please. <laughs> you know, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what I would do. Uh, Adam's probably going to have a few opinions, and he'll give me some marching orders, and I'll have to do them. Um, you know, my goal is to just work my heart out until the end of my term in 2028, uh, you know, get through a second term and uh, give you your money's worth and then moonwalk out of there, yeah. hopefully saying that we left the city better than I found it. Mm. I love it. Already. You already have. You've already made your mark for sure. And, right. and, and we're, we're so lucky to have you. And now that we've gotten past all of the nitty gritty questions, unless you, do you have anything else, Chad? No, I'm not going to sweat Mary Glory anymore today. <laughs> Does anybody in our live studio audience have a question for Todd or for Chad or for myself? If you do, step on up to our producer over here. I lovingly call him Bitch Boy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> English bitch boy, that is. Um, but if not, that's okay. We're going to do some quick fire questions. Uh, I know. Uh, I, 
you know, he's whispering things in my ear right now. Um, it's so strange when I'm reading the comments on some of your from some of your posts. It's like people are like, "Oh, he's not listening. He's not, you know, what 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 do? How do we soothe these people? Yeah. Do we need to have you do like a, a weekly a broadcast? Maybe you need to have a podcast. Talk. I feel like you're on TV all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so well, first off, don't ever read the comments. <laughs> Just period. Um, you know. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Right? And that's what I think of when I see that stuff. That's so true. Um, listen, I, you know, I have monthly spots on Univision, CBS 8, KPBS. We do a monthly media briefing in our press room where journalists can come ask any question that they want. Again, I'm out and about in the community. People tell me all the time. What I get frustrated by, and you probably saw this on, like, on Instagram, where they're like, oh, it's another photo op. My, babe, it's a photo sharing website. What do you think I'm gonna do? You like yeah. when, when I was reading that staff report, like that doesn't necessarily make for sizzling content on social media. And <laughs> that photo is a fraction of a second of my day, which is typically 12, 13, 14, 15 hours long. You know, I, I, if folks want me to post me getting a briefing from the sanitation director, I'll be happy to do that. But even then, the comments will be rough. Of course. And again, what I know and what I, I will just say, Sadly, things have come to the point where it's just the negativity that comments because people who have something positive to say don't want to get the blowback. What I find is that if you post a, hey, Mayor, thank you for doing that, what I see is those same trolls going on their pages and harassing them. And that should be wrong, but it's where we're at. So at any rate, you know, when people say, you can ask for my schedule, it's a matter of public record, and you can see I'm giving your money's worth every day of the week, seven days a week, right? right? It ain't just a Monday through Friday, eight to five. Um, and when you see me posting a, a, a picture with the first lady on the tarmac, uh, that represented probably about 25 minutes of my day on Friday. Before that, I had a meeting about public safety. After that, I had a meeting about homelessness. And forgive me for posting the photo with uh, Dr. Biden, because I think that's a little more interesting to people uh, than shuffling papers at my desk. It's like you said, we're n- you're never going to please everybody. And a lot of times it's not about that specific issue it's, it's it's something that they're going through and 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 we all know that there are some people that we are never going to please so it is the way it is it, you can't satisfy don't them read all. the comments and don't read the comments and for those people who don't think you communicate enough listen <laughs> just listen he's communicating all the time <laughs> well you know i've been this is what my fifth Fifth podcast? I think, so, yeah. I think it's my fifth podcast. And so far, ninth podcast. My fifth one here, but we've had our, my session ones. Um, it, it's, it's been overwhelming and, and, and wonderful at the same time. And I really feel like today's podcast has been one of my favorites. And thank you so much uh, for coming to join us here today. Um, <laughs> will you come back? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> oh yes once a quarter we'll have an open audience Listen, and, and Todd Gloria here let me put it you said thank you to me but let me say thank you to both of you right these are opportunities that are incredible when folks don't necessarily read the paper like I do every day they don't watch the evening news every day they get their information from any variety of sources I try and say yes to as many as I possibly can and everyone has a different audience and I would be happy to come back it's my job my job is to be accessible to the public you know again going out every day of the week it's you know it's not good for Adam it's not good for our dog Diego um, but it's my job I've signed up to do it I'm going to do it all the way to the very last day and so thank you for providing this opportunity to share information to hear from you guys what's on your mind and I will come back any single time that you that you guys want me to and a shout out to Rachel she's been amazing uh, through this whole process it's you know tra- getting a hold of you scheduling you in and everything 
she's so sweet and easy to work with. So we appreciate you, Rachel. Rachel Lang is the best. You know, I, I have an incredible team. Rachel's a great example. But, you know, when, when we get complaints about a streetlight that's out, you know, here in Hillcrest, it's probably Coda Zeiser for my team who does that work. Um, if it's an encampment, it's probably Hafsa Keika who's taking care of that. You know, what I try and do is pick really smart people that work really, really hard and put them in the right place. And we have a great team, and I'm very, very lucky. But uh, thank you for giving that shout-out to Rachel. Is there anything that you want to uh, promote out there? Anything you want to say to the peoples? Well, I would say go back to that uh, Employee and Empower program, right? We so here, Actually, broader than that, because I'm going to guess that not everyone is a, is a teen or a young adult that sure. listens right. to this, right? Middle-aged, what here's, can I do? <laughs> here's something that you should know. We, one in five positions at the city of San Diego is currently vacant. Wow. One in five. So when you call me and say, I need the streetlight repaired, and I tell you it might take up to a year, that's because we have 60,000 streetlights with eight electricians in the entire city. What I need is for folks to raise their hands and join public service. What would I be useful for? Well, I, <laughs> I, I think protocol. Did you ever see that movie? Remember that old yes. movie? Yeah, I think that would be perfect. <laughs> All these diplomats that come visit me, they met Chad Michaels first. Like, I, wouldn't they just? Okay, I'm calling you. I think that sounds exciting. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I want to recruit, like Harvey Milk, I want to recruit you. Like, whether you can be a sanitation driver, like our, our trash pickups, we have a large need there. Uh, we have a lot of vacancies in our police department. We have a lot of challenges. And so um, I encourage people to get in the game, right? Get off social media and your comments. If you're that frustrated about it, like, come down and work for the city. Come take up one of these positions and help us fix those streetlights. Help us fill those potholes. Let's respond to those 911 calls. One in five positions. And that has a lot to do with the fact that for too long we had mayors that weren't willing to prioritize public service. When I've had this opportunity, we've, reti- we've restored retirement security to tell people we want you to stay here for an entire career. We've provided pay raises. We were at the last of all the cities in the, city, in the region. We're now about in the middle in terms of pay. No one's getting rich, but no one should starve to do this work either, right? And so I hope people understand that the game has changed at City Hall. We'd love you to come work for us. And if you do, what I can promise you is that you will have a fulfilling career where you will leave this city better than you found it. Absolutely. Uh, stop here, complaining here. and make a difference. Pay it forward. You're here. <laughs> Thank you so much for everybody who is listening today. Uh, we, uh, we have an amazing event after this. If you're in San Diego listening right now, come on down to the Church of Glam coming up next. We have Rockham Sakura. We have Judas Joe Manson in the house. And we also have Ariel Stacks in the house. It's going to be a lot of fun. Are you going to stay and um, hang out a little bit, Todd? Or you might have other things to I'm do. I'm going to stay here for a little bit, but then i got to go to Lunar bit. New Year because we're not done with that yet. It's uh, a very diverse community, so i got to yes. get around. All right. Thank you so much for stopping in. And thank you so much for everybody in the live studio audience here today. Thank you, everyone. Thank and, you. Um, we'll be back um, in March. And then we're going to twice a month. We're going to be up on this bitch. Yeah. Every first and third Sunday, you can catch us. Thanks so much. Church of Glam's next. Damn, girl. Is that the end already? Sheesh. Time flies when you're having fun. Want to join us live? Meet our cast and special guests. Have your say on this very podcast? Well, join our live studio audience. Sundays, 12 noon, live from the world-famous Urban Moe's Bar and Grill. Be part of the community like never before. Hillcrest, see you next time. The Church of Glam and GGTV is a Glitz Glam and Creative Press production. You want to get in touch? Get involved? Then text us at 619-880-GLAM or email us at hello at thechurchofglam.com. 